Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of VQ mismatch from the respiratory section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a brief discussion about VQ ratio. A normal VQ ratio equals 0.8, where V equals the alveolar ventilation and Q equals the pulmonary blood flow or perfusion. A normal VQ depends on a normal respiratory rate, tidal volume, and cardiac output. The PaO2, or the arterial pressure of oxygen, equals 100 millimeters of mercury. The PaCO2, or the arterial pressure of carbon dioxide, equals 40 millimeters of mercury. The ventilation-perfusion matching is essential for ideal gas exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide. Ideal VQ is 1.0. Exercise increases cardiac output, which causes vasodilation of the apical arteries, ensuring that the VQ approaches 1.0. Let's now discuss the distribution of the VQ ratio in the lung. Ventilation and perfusion are non-uniformly distributed in normal upright lung. In zone 1, or the apex of the lung, there is decreased ventilation and decreased perfusion. Therefore, the VQ ratio is the highest, usually 3.0, because of the relatively greater decrease in perfusion. This causes wasted ventilation, but the PaO2, or the arterial pressure of oxygen, is highest, and the PaCO2, or the arterial pressure of carbon dioxide, is lowest. Organisms that thrive in high oxygen, for example tuberculosis, will therefore flourish in the apex of the lung. In zone 3, or the base of the lung, the VQ ratio is the lowest, usually 0.6. Here, the perfusion is wasted, but the PaO2 is lowest and the PaCO2 is highest. Let's now discuss VQ defects. In dead space, where the VQ approaches infinity, for example with pulmonary embolism, where there is a blood flow obstruction, There will be ventilation of lung regions that are not perfused, causing wasted ventilation, physiologic dead space, and no gas exchange that occurs. The PaO2, or the alveolar pressure of oxygen, has the same composition as humidified inspired air, which equals approximately 150 millimeters of mercury. The PaCO2, or the alveolar pressure of carbon dioxide, equals zero millimeters of mercury. Note that 100% oxygen will improve the PaO2, or the arterial pressure of oxygen. In a shunt, where the VQ equals zero, for example in airway obstruction, there is perfusion of lung regions that are not ventilated. Note that dependent portions of the lung in ARDS can act as a quote shunt. Due to perfusion of the lung regions that are not being ventilated, there is wasted perfusion and no gas exchange occurs. As a result, pulmonary capillary blood has the same composition as venous blood. Note that in this case, 100% oxygen does not improve the PaO2 or the arterial pressure of oxygen. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 74-year-old man comes to the attention of the inpatient hospital team because he started experiencing shortness of breath and left-sided back pain three days after suffering a right hip fracture that was treated with hip arthroplasty. He says that the pain is sharp and occurs with deep breathing. His past medical history is significant for diabetes and hypertension, for which he takes metformin and lisinopril. 
On physical exam, chest auscultation reveals mildly diminished breath sounds at the bases with faint bibasilar crackles unchanged from his exam during morning rounds prior to his new dyspnea. His right calf is also swollen with erythema and induration. Given this presentation, which of the following most likely describes the status of the patient's lungs? 1. Creation of a shunt. 2. Hypoventilation. 3. Increased dead space. 4. Obstructive lung disease. Or 5. Restrictive lung disease. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, increased dead space. This presentation of an elderly patient who started experiencing shortness of breath and pleuritic chest pain during hospitalization after orthopedic surgery with unilateral calf edema and erythema is highly suspicious for acute pulmonary embolism. This pathology would increase the dead space in the affected pulmonary vascular territory. Remember, two important concepts in respiratory physiology are ventilation, meaning the amount of oxygen that enters the alveoli, and perfusion, meaning the amount of blood flowing through the pulmonary capillaries. The ventilation to perfusion ratio, or VQ, numerically captures how these two variables interact. One important pathophysiological dearrangement of the VQ ratio is the creation of dead space, which is when the VQ ratio approaches infinity. This can be caused by any pathology that obstructs blood flow like a pulmonary embolism. Dead space is where ventilation occurs but is wasted because there is no blood flow for gas exchange to occur. Notably, giving 100% oxygen will improve hypoxia due to dead space. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, creation of a shunt, describes when perfusion is preserved but ventilation is disrupted such that the VQ ratio approaches zero. A pulmonary embolism has the opposite physiology. Answer choice 2, hypoventilation, occurs when minute ventilation is less than a patient's physiologic needs. This can occur for a variety of reasons, including but not limited to brainstem injury, drug overdose, or obesity. This typically results in hypercapnia and respiratory acidosis. Answer choice 4. Obstructive lung disease is a group of diseases in which there is airflow limitation during expiration with relatively preserved inspiratory flows and high lung compliance. This can result in an inability to reach end expiration and increased lung volumes often seen as hyperinflation on chest radiographs. These diseases include asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, but would not include pulmonary embolism. And finally, answer choice 5, restrictive lung disease, is a group of diseases in which there is decreased pulmonary compliance. This can be due to parenchymal disease of the lung, for example pulmonary fibrosis, pleural disease, chest wall disease, or obesity, among other causes. The consequence of restrictive lung disease is decreased lung volumes, contrary to obstructive lung disease. In summary, a pulmonary embolism creates a section of dead space within the lung where the artery is occluded. Next question. A 49-year-old obese man presents to the emergency department with a fever and a cough productive of bloody sputum. He has also been waking up at night frequently, which he attributes to sweating while asleep. He is also proud of recently losing some weight, but denies actively trying to do so. He says that he has had these symptoms intermittently for the last several years, but has not consistently sought treatment because his housing has been transient with periods of homelessness. 
He is started on a course of therapy and leaves against medical advice before his physician is able to explain the medications. He returns two days later because he is concerned that his eyes are bleeding. The area of the lung most likely affected by this patient's condition has which of the following characteristics? 1. High perfusion, high ventilation, and high VQ ratio. 2. High perfusion, high ventilation, and low VQ ratio. 3. Low perfusion, high ventilation, and high VQ ratio. 4. Low perfusion, low ventilation, and high VQ ratio. Or 5. Low perfusion, low ventilation, and low VQ ratio. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4. Low perfusion, low ventilation, and high VQ ratio. This patient with productive bloody cough, weight loss, fever, and night sweats over several years most likely has reactivated tuberculosis, which grows in the apex of the lung because it has low perfusion, low ventilation, and a resulting high VQ ratio. Remember, ventilation and perfusion are not distributed evenly throughout the lung. Perfusion is greater in the base of the lung than in the apex due to gravity. Ventilation is also greater in the base of the lung than in the apex due to greater relative expansion of the alveoli upon inhalation. The decrease in perfusion at the apex of the lung is much greater than the decrease in ventilation, so the ventilation to perfusion ratio or the VQ ratio at the apex is high. This increase in VQ ratio makes the apex more oxygen-rich and more attractive for aerobic bacteria such as Mycobacterium tuberculosis. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, high perfusion and high ventilation, can both be found in the base of the lung, however this area has a relatively low VQ ratio and is more common in primary tuberculosis compared to reactivated tuberculosis. Answer choice 2, high perfusion and high ventilation, can both be found in the base of the lung, However, the relatively low VQ ratio of this area does not attract aerobic bacteria such as tuberculosis. Answer choice 3. Low perfusion and high ventilation is not found in any area of the lung. The high VQ ratio of the apex of the lung is due to a relatively greater decrease in perfusion than the decrease in ventilation. And finally, answer choice 5. Though the apex of the lung has both low perfusion and low ventilation, the relatively greater decrease in perfusion means that this area of the lung has a high VQ ratio. In summary, the apex of the lung has a greater decrease in perfusion than its decrease in ventilation, resulting in high ventilation to perfusion or VQ ratio. And that's all for this review about VQ mismatch. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.